0: The Eagles are 11 and 1 at home since Week 11, 2021, including the postseason with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback. And the 49ers are 8 and 1 on the East Coast over the last three seasons.
1: You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a
2: football podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Corey and Daniel, as always. I thought I heard an echo for a second. I thought I heard, like... like, Duplicate that sounds. Me.
0: That's what we're supposed to do. Break. Break.
2: Break. That's exactly what we did. Um, wow, well, settings are all wonky here. Welcome back. Um the Thursday edition. Recorded on a Wednesday. Um, we are kind of throwing this one together pretty quick, guys. We sat around and talked about life like we always do. And this time we kind of didn't get around to talking about football. And then things started rolling through real quick. So here we are. Today we're going to talk about some of the... Uh, future awards, those are starting to shape up a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the playoff games that happened, some of the playoff games that are about to happen. And there was one other thing we were going to talk about. Corey?
0: Just let me breathe for a minute. The rookie hot take coming okay. into the draft.
2: Okay. Let's start with um, – let's start out with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes last week uh, – There was a point where we were sitting on the couch, and I was kind of wondering, like, why are they allowing this at this point? Like, the kid's a lame duck. Like, what's going on here? Like, I get that you want to play. I get that it's playoff football. I get that he's the franchise player. But, dude, fucking hats off to Patrick Mahomes. He's walking around now. He actually was fine. He just hurt. Um, Thank God there was no, like, actual damage because I think, you know, a guy like Mahomes, even if his leg was breaking, like, actively in the process of falling apart, he was going to try to play that game. Um, good for him. Good for him for fighting through it. Do you think they would have won that game? Henny looked okay. I think Henny was was fine. Henny drove down the field. He may have had a touchdown, been a part of a touchdown play. Am I thinking about this right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, I think. Yeah, I think they would have been okay with Henny. Like that team's just so well coached. Obviously, Henny doesn't give you what Pat Mahomes does, but Andy Reid probably already has a second game plan ready in that scenario. Um, but what brought that up was the press conference today with Pat Mahomes and there's even some practice films. So I'm sure the chiefs were intentionally putting these things out in the air, but Pat Mahomes appeared to have no limp and he was jogging around at practice without a limp and he looked really good, which is incredible because ankle sprains suck. They really suck. I'd I'd rather break my arm in half than sprain my ankle because it is horrible. (laughs) That's the second time you've said that now. I think you mean it. I sincerely mean it. I, I've got an image of my... We had a um, a rec league softball team, and I was running to second, and, dude, I haven't played baseball or anything since I was a little kid. And I forgot I needed to slide into second, so I was trying to stop on a dime on my feet and roll my ankle up on the base. And, dude, I've got a picture of my ankle, black and blue from top to bottom, and it was horrible. The next day I woke up, I thought my... I thought my foot was broke. I couldn't walk. It was horrible. Was this just a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It was so bad.
2: Yeah.
1: It was so bad. And I can't imagine how, like, the way he was acting in that game, like, he sprained it pretty bad. And I know he wasn't walking Monday morning when he got up, so I don't know what they did to him to get him going, but he looks ready to go.
0: To put in perspective, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he had a high ankle sprain and hasn't played since week 11.
1: They suck, dude. Like whenever I like, like one time I was I went to Best Buy to buy the new Xbox, and on my way out, I I didn't see the curb and I kind of rolled my ankle. <laughs> oh my god! That's not the same. That's not the same. But, but this is after I had that bad one, and I just I got so pissed off because I didn't want to deal with an ankle sprain, dude. They suck so bad, and I was he okay, had a
0: Three hundred pound guy land on it. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm crack saying. Crack
0: it dude. over.
2: That's what I'm saying. Well, it's no surprise to me that Mahomes went back in the game. I'm a little surprised that he did go back in the game, but he did. And I'm not surprised that he's going to play next week. Let's look at last week real quick. Anything surprise you? I think it all went as expected. We've called it to this point with the exception of Tampa Bay. (laughs) But this is exactly what we thought would happen. Um, Are there any surprises or anything that's jumping out to you, good or bad, from what you saw last week?
1: No, Not really. I no. feel like
0: we we decided from the beginning that these were the best four teams, and so I guess what surprised me the most is how little the Buffalo Bills showed up. I was really expecting that to be a better game, and uh, that was it was kind of sad to see because you, you have this Buffalo fan base who's been. <laughs> You know, uh, starting every season with so much hope. And, I mean, I think the Bills were the favorite to win the Super Bowl again this year at the beginning. And Josh Allen started to have an MVP-type year, and then everything kind of fell off like it always does. And uh, they just did not show up. The Bengals murdered them. I know the score doesn't reflect it as much as, like, the Eagles beating the Giants. But, my God, the the the, the Bills didn't even get off the bus. It was It was a bad outing.
1: Yeah, I think we're, you know... We're we're in well we were in a transition period where we had the Mannings retiring the Bradys, uh, some of the old Eli Manning you know that era was coming to an end and this new era was showing up and it was Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen and then I don't know where here comes Joe Burrow and I think Joe Burrow with this this win this weekend solidifies himself in the elite category he's probably a top three guy in the league right now. Um I'm just very impressed with his performance. He's got a lot of swagger. Uh, he doesn't do it the fancy way like Pat Mahomes does, but um, I think the broadcast had it right, and he kind of commands the field like a Peyton Manning, and he just knows where to put the ball, you know, what what kind of position he's, he needs to put his offense in to be successful, and he's done a really good job of that. Um, <clears throat> so I, I just thought of this, but sometime soon we should probably, on the show, we can do like a um, – quarterback tier list and kind of reshuffle these guys and see you know see where we're at now because i think you know we've got a couple other guys like herbert and trevor lawrence that are starting to sneak up into the you know at any time in the nfl you're gonna have like four or five elite quarterbacks that are just like all right these guys are gonna be in the playoffs no matter what and one of these guys is probably gonna be in the super bowl and they've got a really good chance to win and i think those we're finally seeing what that next 10 years is going to look like and i think it'd be you know a fun activity to put that together
0: it yeah. Be, so yeah. this week it was it was interesting. Uh, Colin Cowherd um, had a little snippet in a show, and he said, "If I was an NFL GM and I had one of these five quarterbacks, I would not even take a call for any trade that you could offer me." Do you know what those five quarterbacks? Who they
2: are? Let me think. Jameis Winston. Um, All right,
1: Corey. <laughs> uh, it's going to be Pat Mahomes. Joe Burrow. Do you have Josh Allen in there? Yep. Okay. He had Josh Allen in there. Um, I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And it, the fifth is either Herbert or uh, is it Herbert? Okay. Yep.
0: Wow. So, would, so you, you said it.
1: So I think it was, if uh, Jalen Hurts can put one more year together, uh, he's right up there too. Jalen Hurts has looked really good. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's like right, one well, year. Right on the edge there. He's one year away for. If he can do it two years in a row, then yeah, we're in for sure. Okay,
2: well there you have that. I don't want to go on too much about the matchups with the best bets segment. We've gotten to the point. I don't know if you followed, you guys, but this is a close, close race between Corey and Daniel for the best bets. Um, they'll do that at the end of the show, and there's only, you know, two games left. So they're going to do that at the end of the show. That's when we're going to really talk about what we what we expect to happen. Uh, so let's not go into that too much. Let's look at some of these futures. How, what's going on with the futures, Daniel? You said they're they're getting closer.
0: So this week we were given <clears throat> kind of feels like for the first time the finalists, you know, were announced. So it's kind of like the, um, the Hall of Fame voting or something like that. They, they might have done like a sneak peek because I believe these votes have already been casted and they already know who it is, right?
1: I I don't don't know.
0: I don't, they don't wait until the very end of the season. Like they, or maybe the regular season. They don't wait until the end of the playoffs.
2: They Um, don't wait until, I don't think they all wait until the end of the playoffs. (laughs) There may be multiple
0: rounds. So so they, I think they, they just released the, uh, on some of these categories, we have three on one of them. We have four. And then on another one, we have five, probably just for betting purposes so that uh, Vegas can rake in more money. But, um, yeah, we have the finalists for all these future uh, awards. Do you want me to just kind of hit it at the top and see who we think at this point? Because we kind of did the show a few weeks ago, but we have some new names on this list now. Let's and do... I think maybe some new perspective.
2: Let's look at um, Offensive Player of the Year. Let's start there. Do we think MVP is going to be that much of a runaway? Uh, I would say if it's not going to be a runaway, we should wait for it to be maybe last. Do you think it's going to be a runaway? Yes. All right, do it. Go. Do it. Do
0: well, it, it's yeah. Patrick, it. it's Patrick Mahomes, right? I don't
1: that'd, know. That would probably be my vote.
0: Yeah. I mean, the likely suspects on here, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson. So, I mean. Okay.
2: I guess it's probably Patrick it, It's. Yeah, he, he led the
0: league in, I believe, yards and touchdowns, and he didn't have Tyreek, and just, yeah, it's just, it's one of those years. But offensive player of the year is Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Tyreek Hill. So let's just assume Mahomes wins MVP. So sure. you're down to three. Yeah. And so Hurts, Jefferson, and Tyreek. I'll probably what do you
2: think? I'll probably disqualify Hurts. Um, Why? Just, just because of the time out, you know, compared to the other guys. The other guys played the full season. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, not that Hurts isn't great because he spent time away. And not that he didn't spend time away to get him healthier, which he should have. And I'm not saying that should count against him for the award. It definitely shouldn't. But... The other guys arguably did more with maybe less.
0: Yeah, my pick's Jefferson. Uh, I think if Tyreek would have had a full year of Tua, um, we might be talking different. But I, I think Jefferson just—he takes this award for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think offensive player because MVP goes to quarterback, right? That's just where it goes. And I feel like offensive player of the year is designated for a non-quarterback. So I agree with Tony. Jalen Hurts is disqualified. Patrick Mahomes is disqualified. And I I agree with with Daniel. It's probably Justin Jefferson. And for me, it's just because of the moments, right? He had that one game with the two spectacular catches at the end. You know, that crazy catch that everybody couldn't quit talking about. The catch that could be better than Odell Beckham's catch. That's been the greatest catch ever recorded. So, uh, and they were a playoff team on top of that. So, yeah, I'm with Daniel. Justin Jefferson's
2: probably your offensive player of the year. Wait a minute.
1: You said something
2: that has me thinking. Was Odo Beckham's catch really the greatest catch ever recorded? I don't think so. it was. You think it was? Even still today. What is, what is
1: Don uh Who's that wide receiver? Hudson. No. Uh, Hudson. Don Hudson. He those, got a greater
2: one. Those weren't all recorded, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: um no,
2: but seriously, I mean we we saw I think we've seen catches this year as good as that. Don't you?
0: George Pickens had a great one. I think that one was fantastic His one handed back shoulder sliding catch. But Justin Jefferson, I think that's the one that would compete with Odell Beckham's. Well, let's yeah, make it,
2: let's not labor on it today, but let's uh, keep our eyes peeled. And the next time we see one, let's like, we're going to watch it together and just make sure. Cause okay. I know that's not the greatest catch. I know it's not anymore. It was a great catch, but it's not the greatest anymore.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, Justin Jefferson's catch was just as impressive, but it also came in a big moment, which I think elevated it. So,
0: yeah, I feel like Odell Beckham's it came early in a game and it was kind of just like the, the substantial time. yeah, part of part of Justin Jefferson's oh. to keep him in that game late was bigger.
2: Shit, boys, I just realized something. What? There's an offensive rookie of the year. That was not in consideration at the beginning of the season.
1: Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah! A big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah.
2: Let's,
0: let's hit that one next. A big
2: one. Let's do it. Let's
0: hit it. Definitely worth the conversation because I think everybody knows who we're talking about. Wow! Big cock Brock. Oh my god!
1: Big cock Brock. <laughs> do you think? All right. Do you think the cameraman knew what that sign meant when he put it on the TV?
2: <laughs> yes. I,
1: because I, I mean, I all, hope it, he had, did. all I hope it had he did. was a chicken head, so it's just he could have thought it was just Big Brock,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> in the moment,
0: <laughs> at least it was that kind of cock on the
2: on yeah. the poster. And, yeah, Brock yeah. Purdy, Kenneth Walker, and Garrett Wilson. What, what do, do we think? Followers?
0: Those are, gosh, three stellar rookies.
2: It, to me. It's clearly Brock Purdy at this point. Um, I wanted I would I would have said Kenneth Walker. We all agreed at Kenneth Walker when we talked about this before. He didn't do anything to lose it. They still went to the playoffs with Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker. Um, without either of them, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, Garrett Wilson had a great yeah. year. He had a fine year. Um, I don't think it's offensive rookie of the year caliber. And then when you consider uh, the part of the story here is, and it's not fair to the other players. But Brock Purdy was the last pig in the draft. Like, that's a part of the story.
1: Yeah, the, sure. everybody knows about Brock. Like, I feel like your somewhat average football fan probably knows more about Brock Purdy right now than Kenneth Walker and Garrett Wilson. Like, Brock 100%. Purdy's the hot name. Yeah, 100% I agree with that. Mister irrelevant. He hasn't lost a game. We I feel, I, mean, like,
0: yeah. I feel like maybe we needed some more games. Because if this was decided at the end of the year, Obviously, you know, like you said, he hadn't lost a game. But if this was decided at the end of the year, and no one knew how far he'd be at this point, Um, you look at Garrett Wilson. The guy had a thousand receiving yards in his rookie year with just trash vests at quarterback. You know, and he definitely had some super flashes in some games. And then you have Kenneth Walker, basically the savior of Seattle. You know, we're talking about Geno Smith. He wouldn't have been able to do what he did without Kenneth Walker. Sure. Um, And Kenneth Walker is my original vote. But honestly, I think Garrett Wilson is going to win this Offensive Rookie of the Year. And uh, not taking anything away from Brock Purdy. Kid's a stud, but we have to take into uh, account the system made him who he is. And, uh, you know, he's obviously pretty talented, but the system got him built up to where he is now. And maybe if he was on a different team, he may not have even been able to play, or you know, the first couple of starts might have been ugly, and he got replaced super quick. You know, you you never know. So, uh, we, I think we still need more time,
2: Brock. So I don't disagree with you, but I disagree with you. Um, I'm looking here: one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight of nine games in the regular season, plus two playoff games, and the man's over a hundred QBR. In both of those, I agree with you. The system's important, and, of course, the situation is important. For the last pick in the draft to be the starter for nine or ten games, that requires some really bad shit to go down. Like, that's what happened. Unfortunately, their starter went down immediately. Their backup got hurt not long after. And now here we are. We're talking about nine games here, guys. Uh, two years ago, that was more than half the season. So I don't disagree with you. it I feel like now I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I said Jalen Hurts is disqualified because he hasn't played enough games, not Doc Purdy. Right? Okay, so I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. But this is a rookie award. I do feel like him being the last pick in the draft is relevant. And I feel like, like Corey said, the name value is relevant. And And he's winning playoff games and performing better than many, many, many... He's performing better than almost anybody in the league. Like, to me... If Brock Purdy had played every game, he'd be the MVP. Like that's what we'd be talking about right now. Whoa, that's what it is. Whoa, I to me he's the offensive uh, rookie of the year, hundred percent. He's I don't I, think he's I, I don't think he's offensive player. I don't think he's MVP. I don't think I think that's too much. That's too much honor. Uh, we could talk about. Well, we can't. Unfortunately, we can't talk about the other two rookies against Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. So I, I was about to go down that direction, but that's not fair either. They wouldn't keep up. Um, But to me, it's clear and obvious that Purdy should win this award.
1: Yeah, I I can see both sides. I I think on paper, the other two guys are probably more deserving, Garrett Wilson and Kenneth Walker. But, I mean, Purdy is also pretty deserving on paper, and he's got the story on top of it. So I think Purdy will probably get the vote here. Oh, what's left
0: Daniel it said in the notes here the, in, the inclusion of 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy could make offensive rookie of the year one of the most hotly debated awards well yeah yeah nobody they did saw also that, say that so voting is done by the end of the regular season
1: so just the fact that he's there I'm guessing he probably won it you know what I'm saying yeah
0: I don't know but it did also mention something something interesting that Mahomes, it said Mahomes is a foregone, just they're basically giving him MVP, but also when he won MVP the last time, he also got Offensive Player of the Year. What? He got both of them in 2018.
1: That's fucked up. That's
0: That's pretty crazy. You know what the next probably hotly debated one is to me? Is Coach of the Year. Oh, let's look. You have Brian Dable took over the Giants. Giants were dumpster fire. Daniel Jones on the chopping block for sure and brought them to the playoffs. And they won a game in the playoffs. Okay. And then you have Doug Peterson. Literally worst to first. You know, not only in the league, but, you know, in their division. And they also made the playoffs and won a game. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Kyle Shanahan. Look at the turmoil he's been under. We're talking about it right now. He took a seventh, last pick in the draft, and they're in the NFC Championship game with that. I mean, you can't do that without coaching. So who the heck wins this
1: award? I hmm. don't know. It's it's a really tight race. Nick Sirianni's in there, too. They they look so good. Um, I feel like it's either Brian Dable or Kyle Shanahan. I feel like it's Kyle Shanahan by a mile. I, I'm yeah. kind of leaning that way.
2: I think Brian. I see the point with Brian Dable. Like, the team was not, but the team didn't really change much. It was just coaching, right? The team didn't get yeah. But but,
0: I feel like it's between Peterson and Shanahan.
2: Oh, so it's Shanahan. Peterson is is a fair argument because the team was so bad before, but then I so think so bad. But I think about some variables here. Travis Etienne was hurt all of last year. So they essentially built. There's a built-in first-round pick that uh, Doug Peterson gets. That that what's his name? I've forgotten his name already. He sucked so fucking much. I'm deleting him from my brain. Nick Saban. Urban. Urban Nick Saban. Oh my god! I almost called him Nick Saban.
0: Oh my god. Urban
2: Meyer didn't even get that first-round pick. So like, I'm just thinking about all these other variables here. Doug Peterson. I saw So what clearly, you're saying
0: is if Travis Etienne played last year, Urban Meyer would have been a good coach. No, you're,
2: you're, you're, now you're putting crazy <laughs> words in my <laughs> mouth. Uh, what I'm saying is... <clears throat> excuse me. What I'm saying is those things helped Doug Peterson, whereas Kyle Shanahan had more working against him. Doug Peterson had a much better roster. We saw Christian Kirk. We've talked about him all year. Who was catching the ball in Jacksonville last year? I mean... I, who exactly? Who was catching the ball last year? Um, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones was there, and DJ Chark. Okay. Who did Leviska nothing this Chanal. year? Yeah. Okay. He had, a, he had a year. Yeah, and and it was the yeah Dan Arnold, T- Doug Peterson. I could see an argument <laughs> for Doug Peterson, but uh Doug Peterson inherited a better roster, uh, a better situation a more experienced quarterback who honestly had a big, they all had a bigger chip on their shoulder with, with the 49ers. I mean, that team, if they would have crumbled, nobody would have blamed anybody. That's just the way it goes. We would have all been like, Oh man, imagine if the 49ers and would have had Trey Lance all year. Just imagine, man, Whoa, it could have been so good, man. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, bro. No, to me, it's Kyle Shanahan. And it goes back to Josh Purdy.
1: Josh Purdy. Uh, Josh Purdy. Uh, yeah, I'm on votes for Kyle Shanahan. You know, I it's, worked with a guy. Bro- I know Purdy, I worked with way. a guy
2: named Josh Pretty. I was talking to Melissa about this. That's what happened. Is I looked at her, I said, Why the fuck do I know that name? Pretty. It's Purdy, right? But Josh Pretty is what anyway, it's I'm sorry, I fucked up. But that's why I fucked up, is because I just re- realized on Sunday that I know a guy with a similar name. It was a really, really weird moment when I figured it all out. Um, Last one. Two more? One more? Two more?
0: Some of these other ones are just run away, so we'll just do one more.
2: Comeback player of the year? Yep. Yeah.
0: Saquon, CMC, and Geno.
1: Ooh, that's an Uh, interesting
0: one. My vote has been the same all along. Saquon? Yeah.
1: This I, one is, I agree with
2: that. This one's really tight, in my opinion. Like, this is the tightest one of all of them. I hope not. I think it is. I And I, I hope Saquon
1: gets it. I think how many Saquon games, will get it. How many games did McCaffrey play last year? Two. Interesting. What about Barkley? Mm-hmm.
0: We'll have to
1: see. It's, it it's around there. Let me. I mean, I God, I, I could make an argument for each one of these guys. I yeah, mean, I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like this one's really close. Gino's probably just the most impressive. Like we didn't think he would ever have this kind of season as a starting quarterback, but like these are the seasons we expected out of Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. They just haven't been healthy. So
0: I guess Here's it's, the thing with Barkley last year, Um, he started the season hurt and then he got a little bit healthy, played in two games, and then he was not healthy for one, two, three, four, five, six. He was out for seven games and then came back. And I remember he just did not look the same and kind of just coasted to the end of the year. It was just not good.
1: Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon meant a whole lot more to his team than Christian McCaffrey did. Christian McCaffrey was in a mix of weapons He's a great weapon, but I think Saquon, you know, almost carried that Giants offense. I think that's probably the difference there. And I don't know what Gino's really coming back from. A bad career, but he was never there, so he didn't have he wasn't coming back from anything. He just showed up finally. I wouldn't call that a comeback.
0: Yeah, McCaffrey played the first two games, got hurt in the third one, and then was out one, two, three, four, five five straight weeks came back and then only played 60% of the snaps once in the next two games, then got hurt again.
2: Correct. And and that's why I'm going to go with McCaffrey. That's who I expect to win this award. I don't think that comeback player of the year typically goes to a, you can't come back from just being bad. Like that's not good enough.
0: And he was the running back to McCaffrey on the season. McCaffrey yeah. was
2: despite missing yeah. all that time.
0: No, 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 no. This year, oh. after that horrible okay. year, he was running okay. back to this year, like, which Barkley is not, obviously.
2: Uh, my, my, my argument is with, with Gino, I'm going to eliminate him because he came back from being bad. Like that's not good enough. Um, Saquon, <laughs> Saquon played enough games that when you compare him with McCaffrey, it, it looks like on paper that McCaffrey suffered serious injuries, right? Like, yeah. That's the argument that, I, that I'm that i making here, is that Saquon was at least present. McCaffrey wasn't. And so for that reason, I'm going to give the nod to McCaffrey. But if, if Saquon wins this game, wins this award, I'm not going to be upset about it at all. I absolutely love Saquon Barkley. I love what he's done this year. I love that he has proven there were people that didn't believe in him. I love that he's proven him wrong. Um, because he, Running is, five. he is still absolutely elite. Um, for me, it's 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 Christian McCaffrey. I'm
1: on, I'm on the Saquon train.
2: Yep,
0: me too. It's close though. Not it on Gino.
1: Yeah, we're out
2: on Gino.
0: You can't you can't just suck and be a backup until you're 35 and then have a great year and then everybody loves you. Well, and he and you, came back and after you 15
2: awards. years of sucking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I also think it would be a mistake to re-sign him, but whatever. I think so too. As, as a starter, as a starter, I think you resign okay. for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was say I disagree about, it. but yeah, they definitely need to keep him on the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I agree with yeah. that. And If I were them, I w- and we've talked about it, but I wouldn't draft a quarterback this year either. I think you give Gino one more year to see see what he's got and go from there.
0: Yikes. I think he drafted cornerback. Well, drafted well
1: quarterback. <laughs> I, so here's, here's the issue is he played so well, you know, it, you got to assume he's good. As long as Pete Carroll's back, you got to assume he's going to be serviceable next year. Well, next year's draft should be better than this year's. So they've at least got an excuse to wait where some of these other teams don't. So I, I, I want to take that for a second because I,
2: I got distracted in my head. I think I agree with both of you a little bit. They're in a position where they have an early draft pick. No, they don't. They don't have an early draft pick at all. Five? Five, Okay, they do have an early draft pick. Wow. Denver's, remember? That's how they got it. Okay, I was like, wow. I feel like it'd be a travesty to see them use that five to find a way to get one of the top-tier quarterbacks. What? I do. I absolutely do. They can get so much more talent there. In other positions that they can use immediately. The defense needs help. The defense they needs need help. Then trade back then. The offensive line needs some more help. They've got a running back. They've got a couple of wide receivers. Listen, you know how much I love Tyler Lockett, but it's time to start looking at another wide receiver. So maybe you trade back a little bit. Trade yeah, back if to, you're a five and of you're round. not
0: taking a quarterback, you trade back.
2: They're a good candidate, I think, to pick up one of those, let's call them a tier two quarterback, a tier three quarterback, more of a developmental piece with some, with some promise. They could maybe sit behind Gino if shit goes sideways, throw in the rookie, see what you got. If it really doesn't work out, you end up with a good pick next year. That's, that's my thinking, is let them take a quarterback and let Gino start. But let's not force the issue here, because they can gain so much more with what they have. There's no need. There's no need to force it.
0: Let me ask you guys this. So back-to-back picks, five and six. You have Seattle and Detroit. One of them has got to take a quarterback. Which one is
2: it? Seattle. But do they Tony, have to take it there? Detroit,
1: Detroit has a quarterback.
0: No, I'm just putting this scenario in front of you. But arguably
1: a bridge. I, at this point... I don't believe I he is disagree. I'm, disagreeing. I'm so disagreeing. So you're taking Seattle too, Tony. Then. I would
2: say Seattle of the two of them. Okay.
1: I think they should both hold off.
0: It, it, like I said, if you're at five and you aren't, in this draft, in some drafts it might be different, but you're you're assuming that these, these talents like Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, you know, guys like that that are supposed to go to top five, you're assuming that those guys are, like, off the board. Uh, I would trade back. If you're not going to take a quarterback at five or six, it would be a travesty to me this year to not – play the market and trade back a yeah, couple picks, and you have so many more needs as Seattle and Detroit. You have so many holes on that team. You can't just plug and play with look, look at Aiden Hutchinson this year. Okay. By far and away, like maybe the best defensive player in college last year. Did you ever hear his name this year? Cause he played.
2: I mean, Every they, would game. Be, they would be like, here's Aiden Hutchinson, the first round. Sure. Pick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Remember him? Uh, <laughs> their defense, their defense <laughs> still sucks. Oh, they just let up another 40 yarder. Oh, oh. And they still can't get to the quarterback. Oh, you, you can't like just plug one guy in there and expect the defense to be great. I mean, Aaron Donald, if you throw Aaron Donald on the Lions, the
2: Lions defense might still suck.
0: So take, so, take, take, take was... multiple guys and fill multiple holes. So I agree really with not... you.
2: I agree with you what you're saying, Daniel. A hundred percent. I'm saying I would hate to see them use that pick and manipulate it in a way to get to a quarterback there in that position. Like whether it's up or at the five, I would hate that. I think that I
0: like, I like a quarterback there for Seattle.
2: I hate it. What quarterback? So let's use this. Here we go. Corey, you wanted to talk about a quarterback in the draft. What quarterback is going to be available at the fifth overall spot? We know that the Texans are taking one. The Colts are right there. They're probably taking a quarterback unless something crazy goes on. Now everybody, the rumor mill is going wild with the Colts. Who knows?
1: Chris Ballard might want another edge rusher. Might want another edge rusher.
0: (laughs) 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 Bjorn, burner, first round pack. (laughs) Uh,
1: All right. So this conversation (laughs) is happening because before the show, I was like, hey, guys, hot take right now. A month from now may not be a hot take once the combine starts going and the the whispers start going. But I just have this hunch inside me that Will Levis is going to be the first quarterback taken off the board this year, despite the fact that everybody thinks Bryce Young is the foregone conclusion. And you agree, right, Daniel?
0: Yep, I do agree.
1: So whether, you know, I think whether the Colts trade up to one or the Colts stay at four and the Texans get the first pick of a quarterback, you know, either way, I think there's a chance it could be Will Levis. I think he's got an absolute piss missile of an arm. The guy can just, like just on a rope wherever he wants to put it super um, tight windows yeah you know, he's got he's got some mobility he can get out of get out of bad situations you know on his college film you're gonna see some mistakes but he's got the size he's got the athleticism and he's got the arm like that's that's what josh allen was coming out that's what everybody is looking for right now a guy like bryce young who everybody thinks is the foregone conclusion He if if bryce young bryce young's what six foot and he's under 200 pounds I think that's generous. Yeah. So if Bryce young was six, four and 220 pounds, he'd probably be in that Trevor Lawrence, Andrew luck class, but he's not. And we've seen guys like Kyler Murray and Tua get hurt this year and they're smaller guys. So I think, you know, he doesn't necessarily have those intangibles that some of these teams are looking for, despite being probably the best, best passer in this draft. So a guy like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, who I think is right there on ceiling, you know, ceiling-wise, I think Will Levis just already has more tools. He's been in a pro-style offense. I think all these NFL teams are going to start being real attracted to Will Levis. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a little more mobile than Stroud. He's he's just got a lot of advantages over these other guys. So let's say, you know, let's just stick with the board where it's at. We'll say Texans take Will Levis at two for our scenario. You guys cool with that? And Yeah. Just just because we're talking about yeah, that? that's fine. We're just trying to figure out what quarterback will be left at five. We'll say Stroud goes to the Colts at four. Or, sorry, not Stroud. Um, Bryce. Bryce. Bryce Young to the Colts at four. And then Seahawks will have the choice of Richardson. I think Stroud might be there. Stroud. Stroud could so be there. You think,
0: and that was a good point of the pro-style offense uh, plus in that category for Will Levis too. That's that's what a lot of the guys are looking at is who's going to come in immediately help. But I think if you... So, Corey, you think Geno, like, gets re-signed and is going to play? To me, that says Anthony Richardson. Like, if you're there, he needs to sit. He's a Trey Lance type of guy. You you bring him in. He's got just the intangibles out of the roof. Like, like you mentioned a couple shows ago, got a rocket arm, like, can throw as far as Josh Allen, can rush, like, you know, kind of a downgraded Lamar Jackson, but he just needs to clean some things up and just kind of sit a year why not have a stud in the making be the guy that's cooking on your bench ready to take over when Gino is officially like he's going to be like 33 um and he's had one good year you know at that point when Anthony Richardson would set to take over i think that's the that that'd be the plan
1: anthony richardson would make a lot of sense i think yeah and uh, I would I mean you said water down Lamar, I think more advanced Lamar. I mean he's got he's got the speed and the moves, but he's bigger. He's definitely uh, bigger.
0: He could take the hits, uh way better than Lamar.
1: he does have a lot to learn, but you know, on the opposite side of that, CJ Stroud, I feel like he probably has the lowest ceiling out of all these guys, and mm. you know, he's kinda like Geno Smith, if you ask me. Like as soon as you plug him, you know, you bring him in immediately. He's, you, got, you got more of a Geno Smith on your hands, in my opinion. So, I think, Anthony, you know, if you're going to sit a guy for a year, it's going to be Anthony Richardson because he's got that much more of a ceiling. So, I would say if the Seahawks went QB, it would be Anthony Richardson.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I was looking at Mel Kuyper's um, first mock draft of the year. And, obviously, that's going to change a few times as the um, as the offseason progresses here. But he has... CJ stroud as the first quarterback off the board wow so wow. and he's he's pretty good at evaluating talent um so i, I feel like it's going to be a very interesting off season and a lot of movement um specifically with quarterback because we finally have another year where everyone's going to be lobbying to the top you know a lot of these trades are made even the 49ers a couple of years ago traded up to number three and they're like, oh, who do they want? And nobody, nothing came out and they're like, why would they trade to three and not to two if they like their guy and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's because they kind of felt like one and two were already set. Um, so it's going to be very interesting as, as one and two get picked, we might see some very active teams trying to trade up for quarterbacks because we yeah. mentioned a lot of need last year. And so, Seah- this year.
1: Hold, on, hold on, the Seahawks spot, just looking at the board real quick, You've got the Lions at six, who I don't think go quarterback. Then you got the Raiders, who might be looking Atlanta, definitely Atlanta, who maybe be better leading. be, yeah. And then the Panthers, better be this spot yeah. for the Panthers of- is absolute gold because they can jump all three of those teams who could maybe draft quarterback, but especially the Raiders and the Falcons. The Panthers at five, I think, would make a lot of sense if Seattle wanted to trade back. And that yeah, was going to be think my if question.
0: You- yeah, I think if you want your quarterback and it's not going to be one of the top two guys, you move it up to five and take it with Seattle. Seattle, if they believe in Geno and they, like you guys are talking about, if Seattle moves I'm back. Not, I'm not saying you, you have that they
2: believe to jump. in Geno. I'm not saying that. Well, they might. They, yeah, they, don't. they don't. They don't. You never know. They don't. Know. I mean, they don't. You, Nobody I don't. believes in Geno. Uh, Pete Carroll's old. I don't know what they're thinking. but so, you, have to,
0: you, have to jump. you have to jump Vegas oh, and Atlanta. Wow. You have to jump them in the
2: draft.
1: Corey has a question. Seattle. They also have the 20th pick. Yeah. They also have the 37th pick and the 51st pick. So they've got four picks in the first two rounds. If they can turn that number five pick into, let's say Panthers at nine, let's see where they are on the board again. Hell, I don't know if they even are on the board again.
0: Should be. They acquired a bunch of picks for McCaffrey.
1: I've got a second round pick. Um, a couple second round picks like this could be a perfect year for seattle to put a, put a bunch of pieces in place and then go for the quarterback next year i see I, I i that's that's what's gonna happen
0: yeah move back to nine acquire both of those seconds and then you have like three or four five really good quality picks
2: so we've officially flipped daniel he doesn't think they're going to draft a quarterback
0: yeah they should they should i'll say that
2: would you bet that they would draft a quarterback
0: If I was Seattle, I would draft a quarterback. Yes. Would
2: would you? Would you, Daniel? You know the drill.
1: He 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 would bet no. Would you bet? Yes, I I would. Best bets of the week. Welcome back to Best Bets of the Week. This is a segment where Daniel and I square off each and every week. We both pick four games to bet on. I pick four spreads. Daniel picks four over unders. Um, We've been keeping track over the whole season. We've upped the odds here in the playoffs. I guess just to probably make it a little more competitive, in all honesty. Uh, Daniel kicked my ass in the regular season. But, hey, in the grand scheme of things, playoff games are the most important games, and that's how it is here in this scenario. So uh, week one of the playoffs, games were worth three. This past weekend, games were worth four. Um, real quick, Daniel, records, just our overall records for the whole season, including the playoffs. Do you have that in front of you?
0: Yeah, including the playoffs with the last uh, couple weeks being weighted worth three and four apiece. I am sitting at 63 and 39, and, Corey, you are 56, 42, and 1.
1: So does that include the weighted points? Yes. Okay, do you have it without the weighted points?
0: Uh, Yes. Okay. Let me do some quick math here. 53 and 29, I am. woo Yeah, and you are 43, 35, and 1.
1: Okay, I think those are wrong. That's fine. Uh, What do you mean? I'm looking right at (laughs) him. Okay. Regardless, uh, this week we're seven points apart. Uh, The games this week are worth eight points. So if I can, you know, get Daniel on a game this week, I win the championship of the betting. (laughs) If uh, we tie, Daniel wins. If Daniel wins, he wins. First game of the week. Both games are on Sunday this week. At 3 o'clock, San Francisco travels to Philadelphia. Uh, San Francisco has Brock Purdy. They're undefeated with Brock Purdy. He kind of struggled last week against Dallas. They had a really good defensive front. So did the Eagles. Uh, The Eagles looked really good this past week. They looked really good. A lot better than I thought they would. Um, Giants don't really have that defensive front that I keep talking about, but... I feel like Brock Purdy's. I I don't think he's gonna have a bad game, but I don't think he's gonna. You know, I've got Eagles minus minus two and a half. Eagles minus two oh, and a half. Oh no! I, I that, just that took a I, turn. It just it just that goes. took you a long time to say that. <laughs> no, I thought you were going the complete opposite pick. I think they've just got the juice, man. They've got. They're just, they're still clicking. And I feel like the 49ers, you know, just this past week slowed down a little bit. That Cowboys defense got in the face of, of Purdy. He slowed down. Eagles can do the same thing. Um, and I, you know, I think the Eagles offense is a little more dynamic here. Um, yeah. Eagles minus two and a half. Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Yep.
0: I, I, I might be leaning towards that the more I think about it. But, <laughs> I'm on over-unders. So um, we have two of the most complete, actually probably the most complete rosters in the NFL, these two. And so I think they have the best two defenses as well. Um, As as dynamic as these offenses are, I think these defenses are really where these two teams shine. Um, Even though the Eagles have kind of a high-powered offense, 46.5 Forty-six and a half is the over/under, and I am actually going to take the under on this one. Um, yeah, just kind of what I said. It, it's kind of what I'm feeling. Forty-six and a half is—I feel like a lot of points, and these teams are definitely capable of doing it. But I feel like it's going to be more of a more of a slugfest, like it was with Dallas and 40 ers Like Corey was saying, these defensive lines get to the quarterback, they slow down games, and they just—they find ways to make it happen. So. Um you got defensive player of the year on one side, Joey Bosa, and then the Eagles are just so complete. So I uh, I'm, I'm taking the under.
1: Um just for reference, our we had our final four right on uh, our playoff predictions. Our playoff prediction had San Fran and the Bengals in the Super Bowl, correct? Yes, that's correct. So, okay. Um Bengals go to the Chiefs at 6:30 on Sunday night. Uh, We don't have to watch the Cowboys this weekend, boys. Thank God. How about them Cowboys? Here's what was crazy to me about this game. Uh, Apparently, the line opened up at 3.5. The Bengals were getting 3.5 when the line opened. I never saw that. I did see the Bengals plus 1 and plus 1.5, which I thought was crazy, considering the Pat Mahomes injury and just how good the Bengals looked. Uh, But the line since moved to the Bengals minus 1, which... Sounds a little more correct to me. Uh, But I also saw Pat Mahomes walking around like a normal human being today, which is very interesting. The Bengals beat the Chiefs three times in 2022. We've discussed that before. It's hard to beat a team twice in a season. Let alone three times. My heart's telling me the Bengals... But my brain's telling me Pat Mahomes here, boys. Corey is going against our board. He's going against the opposite. I'm going against the board. I'm telling the Chiefs. And I hate God, it. Damn it. <laughs> oh, no. And I'll be honest. When we started the show, I th- I think I had the Bengals penciled in, and I'm changing it. And I, I'm i going Chiefs plus one. They're at home.
2: Corey. It's Pat Mahomes. Corey, Corey, wait, wait. Before you do this. Before you break our hearts, what if I told you the money line was negative for both of these teams?
1: It's it's a pick'em game, right? You're picking who's gonna win. Okay. I I bet the spread though, and the spread's plus one for the Chiefs. So you, yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs to win. You, you, broke, my you broke my heart. Can't be a tie. Broke my heart. I'm sorry.
2: Okay. It's okay. I hope
1: our picks are right, honestly. But if you uh,
0: Tony, all I gotta say is on a four team parlay, if you put twenty bucks on it, you win two hundred.
2: <laughs> I'm not doing four. I'm doing two. Do your last over under.
0: Over under, Chiefs Bengals. Forty seven and a half. Take the over. These are two good teams. Patrick Mahomes is never out. Even if he was a little hurt. Joe Burrow is on another level right now. Their offense is clicking. The Chiefs' defense is not a strength. The Bengals' defense could be. They shut down the Chiefs last time, but even when you shut down the Chiefs, they still, they still score in the 20s. Um, so that's that's the thing. The, the, the team, obviously, you know, I'm going to make a John Madden statement, but the team that wins this game is going to have to outscore the other, meaning they're going to have to have a better offense, not a better defense. So um, I, I like the over on this one. The other two teams both have great defenses as well as the good offenses but um obviously the Bengals and Chiefs they have mostly good offenses so that and the fact that they're a point different I really like the over on this one.
1: What's the over on there? 47 and a half?
2: half. Yeah. Yeah, that's only uh, one that's only 1 point yeah. different than the, yeah. than the other game.
1: Yeah. So yep. I in this Chiefs Bengals game I'm feeling like a 24-17 or a 24 to 20 game.
0: That's awfully close. That's, very That's close. only six points away. That's only one score away from where it's at.
1: Yep. So um,
2: I've done my parlays. Last week was a bad one for me. Lost it right off the rip, guys. It was an over-under on the early Saturday game. E. Yeah, I lost Who it. Who was that? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I lost it by like four points. You were so close. You were so uh, close.
0: Yeah. Sorry to let you down. It's okay.
2: Not a problem. Corey, I'm struggling. I hate <laughs> both of your picks this week. <laughs> Listen, here's my thought for the Niners Eagles. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about the defenses. You're not wrong about the offense of San of Philadelphia being super powerful. But the defensive front of the San Francisco 49ers is so overwhelmingly brutal that I think like everything else gets thrown out. Like I don't think it matters that it's Jalen Hurts. I don't th- I think that's That's part of why Brock Purdy, we talked about this before, that's part of why Brock Purdy's been so successful. Why he looks so good. He's not expected to do a lot. The team is so great around him. If he doesn't fuck it up, they're going to win games. I feel like this could be one of the worst games the Eagles have had in quite some time with Jalen Hurts. And it's going to be because of that defensive front. Like, they're going to get to him. He's not going to have time. They're hungry.
0: If you take take both of my picks and the uh, San Francisco and Bengals, uh, lines, you actually get two forty-five if you bet twenty bucks.
2: But I can't take both of your picks and bet against both. Of course, <laughs> that would be unfair. So for me,
0: yeah, it's Vegas. They always win.
2: For me personally, I definitely can't do that bet. Now I look at the Bengals Chiefs, and I feel very similarly to you. My heart tells me. Joe Burrow.
0: You can just feel feel like it's Pat Mahomes' year. I know Joe Burrow was there last year, and I feel like he's better than he was last year even. And everything's clicking, and they look great. But every game is different
2: in the playoffs. A point is not enough. I'm taking the Bengals minus one. I'm going against you, Corey. This is the first time I'm going against you. I'm taking the Bengals minus one. I'm going to do the under 46.5 for the first slate, which is 49ers-Eagles, and the over 47.5 for the Bengals game. I'm going against you, Corey. I hope it doesn't burn me.
1: I hope it does. Um, I hope I win both of those for you, Tony. Man, this... The Eagles' offense is just unbelievable, guys. There's yeah, a Tony sp- Romo.
0: Did you hear Tony Romo talk about it during the late game? No. He said... Because I can't remember which game they're actually doing. But he said that a couple weeks ago, he referenced the Eagles and that they their scheme and how they run it is unstoppable.
2: Tony yes, Romo's did
1: I did word. hear that. I did hear that. Yeah. There, there's like, just this stretch right here, late the in the season. What fuck does Tony
2: Romo know about unstoppable
1: offenses? Are you kidding me? Here's a stretch late, late is in the This job no football. Green Bay, they won 44 to 33. Tennessee, 35-10. Giants, 48 to 22. Put up 25 against the Bears, and Jalen Hurts might have been out for that game. I'd have to look um and then against the giants 38 to 7 i i just i don't know if brock purdy can keep up i know he's got the weapons i know he's got the scheme but i mean there were some bad balls last week boys like yeah should have been picked not necessarily yeah, like like there were tipped balls that should have been picked like it wasn't him just throwing to a defender but it was this guy's either missing you know missing the catch or somebody on the d line tipping it he should have had a few picks last week. And if if that carries over to this week, this could be a blowout for the Eagles.
2: We'll see. I did stay away from that game. I didn't bet it because I you're not wrong. Um uh, you're not wrong. It, it very the, the Eagles are a force. That's why I didn't think that game to bet. Um I took my heart with uh, with Cincinnati. Took my heart there. Oh, okay. Uh, Daniel's pointing at his empty bottle of whiskey. Every every show, Daniel not sets quite. Daniel sets a, the- he sets an empty bottle of whiskey in front of him. So you can see what he drank that day.
0: <laughs> no,
2: there's <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That was a good joke. No, he's <laughs> got whiskey joke. in there. He he's a, a bourbon guy. I'm not a bourbon guy, but but if you're ever interested in find, finding out what Daniel's drinking Hop onto Twitch at Huddle Up a Football Podcast. It's the same name. We try to make it easy. Consistency is important, guys. It's twitch.tv slash Huddle Up a Football Podcast. And you can see what Daniel's drinking. You can see what he looks like. Yeah. You can see what he looks like. Yeah.
1: Anything else? He's wearing a, He's wearing a green shirt. He started growing his beard out. Stop making it weird. Anything else? Elijah Craig. 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 Just he's drinking uh tonight. You know, you didn't tune into the you know the Twitch stream tonight, but uh Daniel's drinking Elijah Craig toasted barrel, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Yeah. 1789.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. Recommend it.
1: Daniel. There you have it. Yeah. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay up. in the huddle. The huddle Up. Team on three. One,
0: two, three, three. Woo. On the uh, episode that got erased with me
2: and Corey, I do believe we did the outro as well.
1: We did. We did it all.